is um is data mining still pretty hot? Yeah, the- yeah. There's been a bit of a discussion because we're planning further ahead now. Yeah. Like so, we've got like content planned quite a way now. Mm. Not not all of it mapped out, but there's bits and pieces ahead, and yeah. it's like, well, how do we? We can't do it the same way where we just throw everything in the client because yep. because they'll see it. Mm. And then if some of it's not going to come out for ages, that is a problem. Yeah. Do you? I've always thought it would be real fun to purposely put like a text file in there or something that says like it's ridiculous final shit. ultra boss or something like that <laughs> just for data miners to find. There, there, yeah. ha- there have been some data miner only bits yeah. of things. Oh, that's great. There. And I I reckon it should just be like a picture of Chris giving the finger or something. And the people... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nasty. Yeah, yeah. Or, or something that's just like a real like joke thing to be like, ah, uh... Hey, welcome to Frontier Gamer, episode 74. I'm not Nick. Uh, I'm Blake. I'm here with Severn. Hey, Blake. Uh, Nick is away. Uh, so we have our good friend Carl coming Hello. in. Um, so how's, how's it going, man? Yeah, pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. I'm good. Um, Feels weird. It does feel weird. You know, this weird. lack of Nick. Yeah, I mean, we rely on Nick so much for like... Filling in all the gaps. Filling in the gaps. So get ready for a a gap filled podcast, I guess. He he's taken some time off. I think it'll be a few episodes without him. But mm. we we promise we'll have him back when he's sorted his his life out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When he's got his shit together. He he will be back. Yeah. Well, I mean he's what, getting married? Yep. And he's got family visiting. Yep. Yeah. And he's got to look for a new place to live. Yep. All all at the same time. Are you are we all going to his wedding? Um. Yeah. 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 Happily, he's got that the week after we've got our big release, not the same weekend as oh, the big yeah. release. Oh, what what a nice guy. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's how much of a good guy. Nick is. <laughs> Otherwise, it would suck for him to miss his own wedding if he had to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry, you needed it work. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what have you guys been playing? I um, I've been playing some Shadow of Colossus. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old ass game. It's you, have been you, remade. But you're playing the new version, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, man, you're playing the the PlayStation <laughs> yeah, Two right version. To, yeah, <laughs> you want to feel that difference when you play the new one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I picked that up, and it's uh, I don't know what to say about it. I'm enjoying it. Is that is that enough? Did you you didn't play the original, right? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. And um, it's the structure's kind of weird because you kill a guy. You feel like a jerk for killing this thing. Yeah. But then you're automatically like respawned back into this temple okay. that, you, that you start in. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. It's, it, they don't really tell you very much like with what's going on. Does it have any dialogue? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, but you're pretty much a jerk and you're killing these really cool colossus. Yeah, colossi, yeah. And that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah. And that's weird, right? You feel like a, a jerk for like killing these things. Yeah, I, I get the feeling like that's gonna come back at you. Be, yeah, be more explored like towards the end of the game. But I, I'm a dude, and I've got a, a significant other who is incapacitated somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and for some reason, I have to kill these colossi in order to save her. They- is, is what. Like that, they, that's they've got what she needs, right, or something, <laughs> some sort of I don't know. spirit medicine or something. I don't know, but yeah. but my character seems to believe that he, she can be saved. Yeah, if if I kill these <laughs> huge stone monsters. And do they nail the sense of scale? Does it uh, like yeah, feel shit. awesome? Yeah, that that is awesome. Um, it, it is really epic. Like every every time you kind of go in to kill a colossi, um, the orchestra <laughs> like comes on. They've they've got like a unique. Uh, track playing in the background and it's really epic because you're just looking up at this thing like e- every single one and the designs are pretty cool that like no two fights are the same uh hair tech is on point it's, oh, it's, wow. it's really cool um yeah so I, I i like it it's just boss battles yeah yeah <laughs> and how many colossi have you taken out i think i think i'm like seven deep right now seven colossi yeah 
are they then do you ever get stuck on one and are you just like i just have to like throw myself at this thing until i beat it well i'm currently stuck on one right now and it's it's annoying because i have to kite this thing oh yeah and they don't move very quickly right (laughs) um yeah so i'll describe the environment there are like geysers yeah like on on the bottom and you have to kite them anyway and i'm I'm stuck with that one i i think i put about 20 minutes into it and i was like um i'm just gonna put this down i'm not really getting anywhere yeah one of the annoying things about this game is i i think it's just a controller thing (laughs) because they give you a bow and arrow yeah and i just don't think bow and arrows are fantastic in (laughs) on console games oh man you know what i mean Breath of the Wild, dude. Is it good? Yeah, because it's got the uh, the the motion but the it. fine aiming. Like since playing that, yeah, and going back to like Horizon straight afterwards, I was like, man, this is this is like a past. This feels like a a past generation almost. Like huh. we should be beyond this now and just be, you know, having the 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 motion control doing the fine tuning mm. because it's it felt it felt so natural. You know what's interesting is like the Dual Shocks can are capable of doing. Yeah, that. I know. Yeah. And for some reason. They just don't. <laughs> they don't use it in yeah. this game. I played Tomb Raider on a controller, and I thought bow combat on that worked okay. Okay. Do they do any locking? Because I remember playing COD games, and it would kind of like automatically pull the cursor, like So I think there's this bit when you first like raise the bow, it kind of locks, so you can kind of do this thing where you drop it and then raise it again. Mm. Mm. Um, but that one, you, you've like, I think one trigger to pull back, yep. and it's got, for the bow, it's quite a long... A long draw mm. to set up and take your shot. Right. This, the Shadow Colossus is pretty rough. <laughs> I, I haven't figured it out. The yeah. camera controls are pretty rough, in that, my opinion. Is is that because it's a, you know, what, 15-year-old game, really? True, true to the PS2. Yeah. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, couldn't tell you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not liking that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, though, really enjoying the game. That's cool. Like the um, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of rocks in video games. Oh and the, shit, dude, they've got some rocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, moving giant rocks. Uh, yeah, that's colossal. A- <laughs> rocks. Uh, I I think now, like with the uh, art station, it's it's cool because with these huge releases, you kind of see art for these games come out as yep. well. And yep. So there was a huge art dump on art oh, station yeah. for Shadow of Colossus art. Um. Got to see some of those rocks. I happen to be working on rocks for Path of Exile, yep. so it's, it's very cool to see <laughs> how other studios treat oh rocks. My God. Is there a man? There should be like a Discord channel for just like artists that work on rocks, and you can just like yep. talk about rocks and <laughs> you know brainstorm an about rocks thing, and rock techniques. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's such a huge thing. Dude, I've, I've always been working on rocks. Yeah. Anyway, so I appreciate good rocks. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and they've got them. Yeah. Well, I remember when you were playing uh, the um, Battlefront beta, the first the first new Battlefront, mm-hmm. not the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were playing it at work and you were like, bro, check out these rocks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they do the uh, detailed map thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's real cool. Hey, man, like it, it's such a big part of environment art. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's uh, Shadow of Colossus. So I'm still I'm still playing it. Oh and, yeah. and I think I'll be playing it for the next couple of weeks. Hmm. What about you, Carl? You... Um so I've played a lot of Endless Space Two, which is a oh, yeah. Space Four X game that just keeps dragging me back. So we've also got really into Stellaris. So, so how I, do they compare? They're very well. I think to people who don't play this kind of game, they'll look identical, but yeah. they're very different to me. Um, but I haven't played Stellaris for months because, like, months ago they promised all these updates, yep. and they're not out yet. You and, were saying, and as soon as they promised them, <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I can't play anymore. I've got to have, like, they promised new war system and new area control system, and I thought, well, I, I'm, I'll wait for that. Yeah. And then they like announced it three weeks after their last content dump, mm. and then it's like. It's like in a four-month wait for it. So I've been playing Endless Space 2 instead. Mm. Um, and that's it's turn-based, but it's real systems kind of based. So I've been enjoying getting deep in the systems of that. And and it's got a fair bit of lore and story going on, which is pretty cool. It's all connected 
right? All their games. Yes, and their most recent expansion like tied all their games together. Oh yeah. So there's these guys called the Volters who who are an endless legend and Dungeon of the Endless. And they're basically these sci-fi people who are in this like arc ship or something and it gets lost on this planet and stuck. And so Dungeon of the Endless, they're going into the ship finding all the secrets. Mm. And in his legend, they've escaped from the Ark and they're in this like fantasy world. Hmm. It's really science fiction world, but it's presented as fantasy. And then they find out a way to escape off. They, they take off in their spaceship. Um, but that gets hit or hit by a missile or something. And oh, then, yeah. And then the expansion, they added the Volters and they sort of turn up um, surrounding this artifact. They've just sort of drifted there. Hmm. And then you get to start your like 4X space game in endless space with the Volters. That is, that is that is cool. Can you play Endless Legend as them, go through it until you complete the game, and then start up like yep, Endless yep, Space can, as them? You can totally That's do that. That's so cool. It, it won't carry anything between them, yeah, but the yeah. story will follow on. Yeah, in your mind, you're like, yeah, these are the same people. Yeah. And in the Dungeon of the Endless, there's like this hero you get called Opbot that's this robot. And then like all the story in Endless Space 2 is like focused on Opbot going off and disappearing, and he's like saved you mm-hmm. initially on this big ship called the Agosi. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I know nothing about Endless Space. Okay. So, one, they're a French studio. So, so some of their, um, I don't think all the designers are French, but they've got some French fantasies usually feels really different to like sort of English based fantasies. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. The, the races and stuff feel really different. But basically, ancient space civilization called the Endless, they had this nanotech dust um, that responds to your thoughts. Um, so you think it and it and it does it and that's like the currency. Oh, so is that kind actually of like, what it is? I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was nanotech like nanotech. Stuff. I thought it was just like like spice, basically. It, like yeah, just well, like it kind of is, <laughs> but it responds to your thoughts. And then yeah. all the heroes in the game are like people who master using this dust to do stuff. Right. Yeah. So when you pay X amount of dust to buy out a system advancement, it's not that you've just paid some money and someone finished it for you and you're like sort of magicking it up kind of thing you're, you're nanotaking it up you're nanotaking yeah. it up that's right <laughs> <laughs> um but it is hard it's basically a space game with numbers and spreadsheets yep. with some pretty graphics and ui covering it yeah. it looks really nice like from what i've seen like yeah, it's got a really nice UI. Yeah, that, and it's got some subtle touches, like you've got the pictures of the planets, but if the planet's got an anomaly on it, there'll be actually a graphic on the planet oh, that cool. lines up with that. I've always thought that studio has done really, really good UI design, like in all their games. Like yeah. it's just nice and clean and just nice. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Endless Space 2 is this nice thing where you use the mouse wheel and it like sort of scrolls all the way out and all the way in. You don't really notice these different screens because mm. you just sort of flip between them somewhat seamlessly. Yeah. Which is because it's a really systemsy, numbersy kind of game, it actually um, helps you understand what's going on because okay. it's like. Uh, what's the combat like? Because I remember the combat in Endless Space 1 and I really didn't like it. So I didn't like it at first it's sort of set and forget and Mm. and you sort of had arbitrary results but the more i get into it the more i'm liking it Um, from what i saw it looked like you you start off with two sort of uh armadas coming at each other and you sort of you're you're basically running a play right like a football play or something you're telling it to strategy and you choose what it is and then your weapons matter um and then it just sort of shows it to you yeah yeah um but once you sort of understand how that works, it gets a bit more interesting. Mm. What I actually, initially I just sort of ran them and saw the results, but actually after watching them to see why I lost or won, something was useful and then it helped pick weapon systems and stuff. That's real cool. Because the first one I remember it was just, you just seemed to be picking cards and... Yeah, the first one I think had some flaws and missiles were too good. But then Endless Legend had this like, you moved everything around the map and that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, I yeah, especially compared to like Stellaris, which is just like two big fleets meet and then they just brawl for a while, and then maybe you can like you either yeah. win or you can maybe yeah, escape. Watch the in numbers time. go down. Yeah, you just look at the numbers. You're not even looking at the ships. You're just watching those numbers either yeah go down. <laughs> what about you, Blake? Oh man, I've been um. How's Monster Hunter, dude? Monster Hunter's cool. Is it? Yeah, dude. I I didn't think I would get into it as much as I have because I. Like on paper, it just it just sounds like a grind. You're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you kill monsters to get gear, 
so you can kill bigger monsters and get better gear. Yep. Um, but man, there, there's something about it. Like the you preparing what, for the hunt. Preparing for the hunt is cool. Mm-hmm. Like hunt the the hunt is like actually quite cool as well. Um, like I've picked a weapon that is ba- it's a gun, mm-hmm. and I'm like switching between ammo types. Okay. And I'm really liking the i like that sort of hunter, like outdoorsman kind of feel of like oh, I'm running out of this I've run out of this type of ammo I've got to switch to like my this other you know like secondary ammo or something like that mm-hmm. or or I'm going up against a monster where it's like they're weak against this type of ammo so I, I hit them with this and then when they there are different phases during the the fights so that you'll weaken the monster to a certain point and then it'll run off to somewhere else mm-hmm. and you chase after it. and while you're doing that I'm looking in the environment for the ingredients I need to make more of the ammo type that I need against it. And okay. it, it just feels like this, like, scavenging and, like, you know, like... You're, out- you're constantly doing that? Yeah, I feel like a Bear grills kind of guy that's just, like, <laughs> looking at all the poop and being like, oh, I can use this to, to put into this, like, ammo. I can use this to put into that. And, yeah, and I, I, I really, really like that. And, like, they've got so many weapon types that are completely different, mm-hmm. um, like... But like yeah, the, the the gun one is probably the simplest one because it's just aim and and shoot. But like others have like tons of combos and all this sort of stuff. But yeah. like so there's there's a huger range of like play styles. But like yeah, the gun one is that that that's well, mine. Why did the gun appeal to you? Because it's simple. Okay. Because it sounds like a ranged character in Path of Exile. You just yeah. stand back and you want yeah, to yeah. shoot at this thing. Yeah. I play a ranger in Path of Exile. So yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. But um. I started. So now I'm, I've, that 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 stuff is cool. Like that's awesome and that's fun on its own. Mm-hmm. But now I've started looking into armor stats and weapon stats and like what to upgrade mm-hmm. and it, it, every like it just opens. You're falling down the well. Yeah, yeah. I've started looking up wikis for, for things. Like you really get into like okay, I I'm I'm starting to think like okay, I need a secondary weapon for hunts where I am gonna in incapacitate the monster because depending on what gun like uh upgrade tree or tech tree you go through you can use different types of ammo Mm -hmm. like no gun can use all the types of ammo and some guns are like have different characteristics for like for example i was using just like my standard hunting rifle for ages Mm -hmm. and upgrading that through the bone tree Mm -hmm. so it was i was basically searching bone piles for like bone pieces to upgrade this thing mm-hmm. and then at a at a certain point i saw that i could branch off into a different section which uses um this like t-rex parts okay and i was like it it does more damage it has more access to ammo types and i was like this sounds great so i had to hunt this uh this this t-rex guy a couple of times mm-hmm. got got that upgrade but then it changed the way my ammo reacts like reacts with my gun so okay. i was used to there was a particular ammo type I like called piercing, and I could run and gun with that. Yeah. Uh, with this new gun, he can't run and gun. He can. He stops and shoots once. Uh, yep. You're, and you're was, more of a tank. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this T-Rex. is. I was like, oh no, this is like this has changed my playstyle. You know, this one <laughs> one upgrade has changed my playstyle. Yeah. But uh, that gun also has two mod slots. Mm. Like, so I put um, recoil suppression in there twice, stacked it twice, and now I can run and gun again. Nice. And so yeah, so I, I like there's all this there's all this mod stuff as well that you have to like take into account, and it's 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 a rabbit hole. Like it's a <laughs> rabbit hole that you slowly go down and yeah. don't realize how much how, how deep it is. How, how much time do you think you've put into it since the last time we recorded? Man, I, I probably haven't put that much time into it because like, well, I actually I don't know maybe like. 20 something hours i reckon that's substantial yeah but the thing is that's not that's not like uh story progress Mm. that's me being like i want to upgrade my gear Mm -hmm. so i'm going to hunt these things a whole bunch yeah and that's me like coming home after work and spending like maybe an hour or two hunting a couple of monsters yeah and you know upgrading my gear and not actually going through the story huh yeah but there's like no interest for you to get back into the story. You no, there, want good there totally is. It's just like that's that's what's cool about it is that like I am interested in the story, mm. um, but at the same time I'm like, 
if you just go through the story, you're you're missing out on opportunities to upgrade stuff and get like more. Well, I mean, that's how you get more gear is like fighting monsters and yeah. and crafting it. So if you want like a full set of something or you want certain pieces, you need to hunt certain monsters. So you might need to go back to areas and hunt like that. That T Rex, like that was in the first area. That was the boss basically of that first area, huh. and I fought him once. Um, in a in an actual story mission uh and then like later on came back and was like oh, i, I want to upgrade my gun with this guy's body parts yeah uh so i hunted him like a couple more times and and upgraded the gun but the story does yeah, like if you just follow the story you don't do that at all you just keep going forward yeah um but you like if you don't do that you i i, I think you're going to be kind of underpowered because like that is the game is like upgrading yeah. stuff and and sometimes you just see like gear that just looks cool and you're like <laughs> i kind of want like i know it's like not the great greatest stats on this thing like it's you know but man it looks real cool <laughs> yeah. or or it gives you like a that's it gives you like an armor a, a skill because armor pieces have uh skills on them mm-hmm. and if you have um if you have armor pieces if if you have like you know, like a chest piece that has an attack boost, yeah. right? That's cool. But then if you get uh, like gloves that also have an attack boost, that stacks to like level two and you get, it's a bigger like attack boost thing. So when you start looking at that, then you really start being like, how do I optimize my my armor for what I want to do? Yeah. And that's when it gets starts getting real deep into like, I need to hunt these particular monsters, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. Um. So yeah, it's such a it's such a damn rabbit hole like that game, yeah. and it's it's it is fun I'll, a lot. I'll, yeah, I really like it. It, it looks cool. I've, I've yeah. seen gifts, man. <laughs> Have you buddied up with anyone? Did no, I haven't. I I haven't got PlayStation Plus. Okay. Yeah. Why, why not? Because I don't know, man. I think I'm just an antisocial gamer. Yeah, right. Like I don't. I I have a I, like I have a small group of friends that I'll play like co-op stuff with. Like we we're talking about playing Sea of Thieves or um. Uh, Divinity, we were playing a while back, but like, if I'm not playing with them, yeah, I'm pretty much just want to play a single player game. Okay, yeah, like I don't want to, I don't want to buddy up with, with people like randoms, you know. Okay, because that's the thing you can, you know, you shoot the flare gun and then a random person can show up and and do some stuff, yep. and it's like nah. But you don't even want to risk it. I don't want that. I don't want that. I did. I yeah. I even in Dark Souls where I I did that once where I put the 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 chalk down and got got a random stranger to come in and help me with the boss mm-hmm. still got wasted <laughs> so i was like this is a waste of time i'll just do this myself like forget about it that one time burned you yeah yeah, yeah. I was just you like just won't do it yeah game. just like what's the point <laughs> yeah um yeah that, that game is cool i yeah um but um carl you were also telling me about uh, oh, another man, game tuck it. yeah so Nantucket is a whaling simulator, like 19th century whaling out of Nantucket. Um, weirdly, it's kind of presented like a sequel to Moby Dick. You play Ishmael, and for some reason you decide you'll go off and become a whaling captain yourself and go hunt Moby Dick at the end. Um, so you're like managing your crew, and you've got to get your reputation so you can get a good crew, but then good crew wants a bigger treasure share. Mm. And you're upgrading your ship and your boats and your harpoons and eventually you get bigger ships and you get like your own rending station so you can boil boil down the whale blubber and stuff and you find out where the whales are and you go, oh, the right whales are migrating here between March and November, so I've got to make sure my path crosses back over oh, man. by South America where the right whales are. Yeah, and then in the end you gear up and you fight Moby Dick and it's really... It's kind of cool, yeah, but it's got some weirdnesses to it. You fight Moby Dick. You do end up fighting Moby Dick, yeah. Yep. And you've got you've got a harpoon gun. Well, you you get your little three boats, and they get into the water, yeah. And they've you've got your crew on each one, and they've got their harpoons, and you you go off and you fight whales. Because what's the what's the actual like um like uh, UI of the game? It's not like so so the UI the map is all. Like looks like a map, yeah, like a cartographer's map, and mm-hmm. it shows all the the wind movement on it and stuff. And then the 
actual combat has got this weird Dyson card kind of mechanic going on. Mm. So it's then got sort of pictures of whales and, and your crew. So it's not realistic in any sense. It's, you know, a bunch of stats and numbers, which yep. are, are you like that, game. you know, after Endless Space 2. Yeah. Um, but, and then you've got all your crew's got traits. And um, I think the story Blake wants me to tell is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I joked, it's the only game I've ever played with strategic sodomy. Um, so your crew can have these different qualities, like they can be drunkards or they can be studious or something. And there's a story event where you say, oh, you come across two of your crew and they're like going at it. <laughs> and you can either like, well, do you be a, an uprighteous religious captain and whip them or do yeah. you just politely ignore them or do you join in <laughs> and it's like oh, this is kind of an odd <laughs> odd thing to yeah add. it was like oh if you join in you get the trait sodomite today <laughs> right and you get morale boosts if the crew shares um traits with you yeah. and then it's like oh 50 risk of syphilis oh it's like oh no i don't think i'll take that risk <laughs> so, um so it's got all that mathy stuff as well as trying to so what, what did you do you them. just you you just let them, I, I just let them have them. at it and, <laughs> and, and then, then that was an extra trait they got oh man did, and, do they have a chance to get syphilis um, I think they do, yeah. Oh, okay. that, that didn't seem to happen, though. Yeah. But I'm much more worried about the one who's a drunkard because he drinks through your rum because every oh, right. time you go to port, you've got to buy water and food and rum and, and wood for repairing your ship. Yeah. And you've got to buy rum. for this you, You've got to buy rum. Like, you're on a ship in yeah. the 19th century. Yeah. There's a rum ration. Yeah. So if someone's a teetotaler, they don't drink rum, but that's the only case. Uh. Um, but if someone's a drunkard, they'll drink They'll, they'll go through your rum a bit faster. Yeah. And what happens when you run out of rum? Well, then, then the crew's morale will drop pretty fast. Right. Yeah, you don't want... It's, you, know, <laughs> you can't lie to them and say, you know... Have this water? No. Have this water. No. A drunk crew is, is like, you're on a ship, it's mm. difficult, you know, you're not going to... You're not going to survive 19th century yeah. water life apparently without your rum that's hilarious evening. you can't give them a pep talk and be like hey man <laughs> your uh your drinking's hurting the crew <laughs> so i think in the, in, yeah, in the british the navy <laughs> yep. like the sailors like there was actually an upset in the t recently mm. like a, a decade or so ago when they finally removed the rum ration or whatever from whoa yeah from british sailors this is recent yeah like i seemed to <laughs> like it was it, apparently it did cause an upset in the Royal Navy because wow. like in the 19th century yeah. every sailor was guaranteed rum every evening yeah, or something yeah. huh. it's like a shot of rum right yeah. that's what their ration is like a shot a day or something like okay. that like man your life must be pretty crap if like that's that, that's what that's gets the, you through yeah, it's just yeah. like, I can't wait for my shot of rum tonight like that's yeah. it <laughs> well, could you hide the rum from the the, the rum head <laughs> oh you can you can if someone's actually like drinking it faster than their allowance, you can you can whip them. There's a lot yep. of whipping in this game. <laughs> oh man, a lot of lot of corporal punishment of your crew to keep them in line, but oh, that man. doesn't keep them happy either. Can you? How much like control over hiring and firing? Crew? Oh, uh, heaps. Yeah, so and, you can and, just fire that guy but, and get a new. So, new so you one. need to get more reputation so you can hire people. Yeah, and and I think this if you keep firing people, your crew gets upset as well. Yeah. So you want to get some crew and get good ones and train them up because if you try and get experts later, they'll want a huge chunk of your treasure. Oh, yeah. So you've got to build up your reputation as a captain to get the good crew yep. um, for the whaling. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, So, <laughs> but, it, but it's this weird mix of they're trying to do the storytelling thing as well as doing this hardcore... Um, whaling simulator. Yeah, like it sounds more. It sounds more fun, almost just as an open world yeah. thing. Like if. Yeah, I think so. I, I kind of the Moby Dick stuff didn't work for me. It's yeah. like, well, I don't think having read it, and there's a lot of crazy detail on on whaling in the book. Yeah, but it's like I think they missed the point. Ishmael's <laughs> not going to be going off there. Trying to trying to. I think they should have either just done Moby Dick the original yeah. story. And you do that as a whaling simulator, or they just said, "Oh, it just happens yeah. to be you're in Nantucket." Yeah, and happening to be whaling. So Ish Ishmael is in it. Ish Ishmael is your main character. Oh, in it, okay. Who's the character who like tells the story of Moby Dick? Yeah, who was just a sailor on, on right. Ahab's yeah Ahab's ship, but he was the only survivor. So. Yeah. So it's just they were just like 
what's a what's a famous whaling thing that we can put into I, our game? I don't know and, <laughs> what their, their reasoning was, yeah. but I think that's the only thing that people recognize. Yeah, I mean, it totally is. Yeah. And the other game I've been playing is Fortnite, which I've been playing with my 11-year-old. Oh, cool. oh dude, how good is your 11-year-old? He's, he's fairly good. Because I've been playing with a bunch of mates and like, one of my mates has a nephew who's like 14, and he's clearly the best player. Oh, in so so my 14-year-old at shooters is yeah. just amazing. My 11-year-old's not... I think when you're mid-teens, it's when oh, you're best okay. at shooters, I suspect. But the problem is, in Fortnite, you only get to play duo mode at certain times. Oh, okay. Like So it's either squads or solo. Mm-hmm. Squads mm. is teams of four. And duo mode kicks in at a certain time in the evening. Huh. And and so playing with my eleven year old, we want to play duo mode, just right. like him and me against the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other weird thing is he calls everything in the game by its PUBG name, <laughs> well, and he's never played PUBG. Oh, he's been he's been watching PewDiePie probably. Oh, it's just when you play with people, everything everyone refers to everything in Fortnite by oh. what it's called in PUBG. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know. Now, that. admittedly, PUBG's kind of got real world names for things, yeah, yeah. but. It's like, oh yeah, go get the scar, and it's not called a scar in, um, in Fortnite. What is it for it? What, what is a scar? For I think it's just like a, like rear assault rifle or something. Oh right. Oh wow, that is so weird. Yeah. All I know about PUBG is uh, chicken dinners. Yeah. Does, does it have chicken dinners? Fortnite. Well, I've never got to the end. Yeah. I've never managed to actually win Fortnite, so I don't. I don't think they do chicken dinner. I think they'll probably do something else. Like a steak. <laughs> yeah, they one up them. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a bit more jokey and cartoony than mm. PUBG. It's more polished for sure than than PUBG. Uh, PUBG's got some stuff going on. PUBG okay. does. Yeah, like PUBG is cool, but like, man, Fortnite is just nicely made and like. It, it's it, definitely going more for the cartoony though. Yeah, the realistic. yeah. So you do these giant jumps and you build these ramps just in the middle of doing stuff. Yeah. How good are you at? Shooting and building and... I'm and terrible at building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, same. <laughs> but my 11-year-old handles the building. Oh, cool. Okay. Because, yeah, I I see people when they're, like, running, jumping, shooting, yeah, spinning around, building jumping, at the same time. Like Yeah, and there'll be people who, like, jump in the air and then have built themselves a fort to hide in by the time they hit the ground. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a macro. That's, that's yeah, got to be cheating. Yeah, yeah. I even like, um, like, uh, what was it that you can you set hotkeys and stuff like, and um, I I set it so that like my I think my middle mouse button is just like build a wall like straight away and that sort of helped a little bit to be like boom just do that yeah but but still it's it's too much multitasking they've got some clever subtleties like when you when you're mining for wood it makes quite a lot of noise mm. and if you mine a tree all the way down it makes this huge crashing sound and yeah. like everyone nearby will hear it and i like that if you're in a building you can just bust down a wall to, to get out like you don't yeah, yeah, have to all, go through all. the front door or anything like that like you can get into some it it, it allows you to get into these weird as fights that oh, just don't exist it's like in, these towers and you can like land on them when you sort of Come, come in the air bus. Yeah. And then people will grenade them at the bottom and then you fall down. Yeah, yeah. You just land, or like, you just land on the roof of a building and just, just dig, your way, dig your way down. Like, that's, it's such a weird thing. And then if people are around, they're fighting and building and, and all this like crazy stuff is going up and coming down. And it, it's such a kind of unique way of fighting, I think, is. Yeah. And it all happens very fast. Yeah, and it's way too fast for 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 me to keep up with. Yeah, guys, I, I think we should talk. <laughs> Carl, you've got a Kickstarter going up. Yeah, I'm, I'm pivoting. You're pivoting. Cool. And handily, this this podcast, assuming this is going out Tuesday, right? Yep. Is the Kickstarter will still be running because Kickstarter's take we'll, a month through we'll about put halfway it on in. The, we'll put it on the. the You've got to put a link in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Kickstarter is for Endeavor with no U, so it's VOR Age I think, of Sale. I think a lot of our listeners might not even know that you're you're the create one of the creators of uh, Endeavor. Yeah, or know what Endeavor is. So we'll get to that <laughs> in a second. So if you look up Age of Sale, maybe it's a better way to do it on Kickstarter. You'll find this board game. Um, I co-designed it with a friend down in Wellington, um, Jarrett Gray. So, and it's quite nice to Kickstarter. It's got the, the big image, and then it's got Endeavor, and then it's got a 
Jack Alderfisser and Jarrett Gray, and it's like, yes, got nice. my name on it. Um, but we're not managing the Kickstarter. That's been done by a publishing company in Canada um, called Burnt Island Games, and that's made up of two other companies, including one called Grand Gamers Guild, which is a bit confusing because that's GGG. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> to which I said to Chris, no, nah, it wasn't me who chose that name. It was always called that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Kickstarter started about 15 days ago and is going well. I think it's about three and a half thousand people have bought into it now. Um, and it's a Euro game, which is sort of like a lighter strategy game, which um, you play powers in Europe and you sort of build up and you sail out to other regions and build up your industry and your politics and your culture which give you more actions and more opportunities and you colonize the sort of the new realms and grow big sort of age of sale empires mm. in about 90 minutes. Mm. And then the, uh, when we first published it, it was through a company called Z-Man Games. And then this is by another company after the rights have come back to us and it's got all these extra bits added in as well. So if you buy the Commodore edition, which is the more expensive one, you get all these little extras, mm. um, which give you new rules and options and, Lots of pretty pieces. And if we get our next goal, you get light wooden tokens instead of cardboard ones. That's cool. That is cool. How how long have you been um, sitting on this for? Like, um, what what were the conversations you had going into before the Kickstarter? Okay, so the rights had come back to us a few years ago, and um, we weren't entirely happy with the company we'd originally done it with, and they'd also changed hands. There's this big French company called Asmodee, which which are pretty cool, but they've bought up like all the game companies around the world, basically. Mm -hmm. um, they own heaps of the board game companies. Um, so it's turned into this big industry sort of thing. Um, and we talked to them and they just sort of wanted to reprint it as is and give us a reasonably small royalty. And it was like, that's not too interesting. We'd be more mm. interested if you were doing an expansion or really pushed it. Um, and then there were a few other companies and, and then the ones that were of interest were these um, guys who were basically um, Helena and Josh, um, the which is actually the original artist, the original graphic designer of the first version of the game. Mm. Um, so he's one of the people involved in it now. Very and cool. They had plans to make more of it, um, and we worked out a sort of a royalty deal we were keen on. Yep. Um, Kickstarter would have been in the back of your mind throughout. It's, it's been huge for board games. Yeah, so we'd certainly considered doing it ourselves, mm. which is a whole lot more work, though. Um, and I'm kind of glad we've got a, a publisher doing it. Yeah. Because, um, like, the Kickstarter is kind of a full time activity for them. Yeah. Like, they've got to be on top of the comments all the time. And mm. now it's not just you've got to do your Kickstarter perfectly and you've got to have all the people sign up on day one and you've got to have all these stretch goals. Mm -hmm. The other side of it is people are used to buying on Kickstarter and they're pushing for more and more stuff. <laughs> it's funny you read for the comments and they go, oh, there should be a drawback. We've got to have a drawback. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the wooden tokens wasn't a goal they originally had. It yeah. was like everyone's pushing for wooden tokens to make the the upgraded version better. So they had to go off and get pricing and see yep. if they could do it competitively wow. and, and shove that in there as well. Is that, I always wonder with like Kickstarter is that, do really well um like you have you have to come up with stretch goals as you sort of go right like you'll yeah. you'll, you'll start off with a whole bunch of stretch goals well, and be they, like, they yeah, have it'll be this cool whole get... lot mapped out but then they've had to change it as they've gone and work out what people actually want oh yeah um and you've got to be careful as well you don't oversell it because mm. like if you add something which is in each copy of the game that's cutting into your margins yeah, as well yeah. like you don't want to accidentally end up making that too expensive per mm. product. And I've heard I've heard things of people doing Kickstarters where they sort of underestimated how expensive it would be to get give like send send the backer rewards and all that sort right. of stuff. So in so, this case they've done it like each of the companies involved has done a few Kickstarters before. So they've got a reasonable amount of experience with that, yeah, which I yeah. think is pretty important these That's days cool. like people yeah. have won it pretty quickly and they've got pretty clear ideas of what they want and you basically want to as soon as the kickstarter's finished hit take the money and hit the go button to get everything printed and made yep yeah um and have all your designs done um and that's that's really good too that they're like like in the comments and able to like yeah keep up so, to, so, with people because 
the important steps have been first there was this big pre-marketing campaign there was like a separate site and advertising on the sort of board game communities to get people on the mailing list so that in the first hour we got to email like a few thousand people saying he, he mm. the kickstarter started you already know about it yep um, which gives you a big first day burst, yeah. Um, or first hour burst, which improves your first day, mm-hmm. because that's kind of what sets like how pe- seriously people take it. Okay. After that, yeah, people call it the pace car, and it it kind of spikes, and then from there on, it yeah kind of trickles off. Mm. Yeah. So so I think that's a bit flatter. Although we've had a few jumps, and each weekend it sort of sort of jumps up a bit more. So that's cool. And then the last few days are meant to go crazy. Yeah. And, oh. and hopefully double your amount of people. Well, it's doing it's doing really well. It does seem to be doing pretty well. What I saw, like, yeah, yeah. Has it has it beaten expectations? How are you guys feeling oh, about it? So when people ask me about expectations, I I, I have big dreams. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not near the hopes. So you know, but it's it's doing re- really uh, well. I noticed you brought a new car. <laughs> I did not buy. No, uh, I'm no. I like your new gold chains you've yeah. got. Around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's awesome to revive it yeah so so three and a half thousand is pretty good for the moment and if it, if it manages to get up to five thousand i'll be really pleased mm-hmm. and there's five thousand people backing it so I, I think at the moment in canadian dollars it's over three hundred thousand canadian now mm. that's impressive yeah. how long ago did you like design this game oh that's a good question um it might have been eight years ago now maybe even nine mm. So it took us a while to design it in the first place, and then we sort of sent the prototype off to be um, assessed, and they were keen. And then it sort of took a bit, a year longer than it needed to to come out. Like it was like, oh, if this had been out the year before, it would have seemed really bold and out there, but it kind of missed one of the big conventions by a week. So they said, okay. well, we'll go to that convention next year. Uh-huh. Um, and that did pretty well when it first came out. So that was good. And then it's sort of been a while. And it sort of only had one sort of big printing then. They didn't yeah. keep it in print. Um, but it got published in a few languages, which was cool. Yeah, that's cool. So it was in French and German and Russian and Chinese. And nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, was this the first game, you, the first board game you've ever designed? Or? Oh, I designed quite a few. Both me and Jarrett had designed games. But this is the first one that was like published. So. Yeah. So how, I, how, did you, um, how did you come to that? To to know that this game was that good that you had to so the first thing is when one it was working with someone else and i i always find working with someone else is like much better for getting stuff finished and done and and you each get to bring your own strengths to it and Mm. cover each other's weaknesses which is awesome uh two we decided okay we're gonna we're gonna make a game and it is going to be published so the goal was we'll make a a game for the purpose of being published not we've got this game idea how can we make it best for publishing? So we knew what we wanted. We knew it had to be saleable out of the box. We knew how many pieces it should have. And we knew that it had to be appealing right out of the box like that. We could send someone a prototype and they'd be keen. Yeah. So so part of it was that goal. It was like our goal is to be published with this. How did you – so if that was your starting sort of point, like what was the, you know, the brainstorming or whatever that came in that, that – uh, you arrived at like sailing ships and colonization. So and I'd had this idea kicking around for a while and I outlined that to Jarrett. So, so the very initial idea, I said, I've got this game that I want to make and it kind of looks like this. Hmm. Um, and it looks a little bit like that, but not like, and then we, we worked on that basis for a while and then we made our first one and we play tested and we went like, this is not good enough. This is terrible. Hmm. This took four hours to play. It's not <laughs> quite what we want. Yeah. And then we ruminated on that for a while and then we cut it right back down and sort of got the essence of it and made this much sort of sleeker, sort of more elegant game. Cool, yeah. Um, although in that we kind of lost some of the sort of story elements. We kind of wanted to get all these little historical moments in it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of made it this sort of the smooth running sort of abstract thing, which was awesome and it played well. But we've managed to sneak some of the other elements back in with some of the Kickstarter elements, which mostly oh, yeah. been Jarrett working on them. Um, but they've got some of those original, okay, we've always wanted to have these special historical events like the South Sea Bubble and missionaries and, and uh, like sort of sort of large global events in each of these regions. Oh, yeah. And we've got a system called, which, uh, called Exploits, which is basically each, 
each of them line up with two regions in the game and when both those regions are open it opens this sort of new little game mechanic so that's mm. like South Sea Bubble you get to sort of do the investment thing which was basically when a whole lot of gold and well, a whole lot of silver came from South America to Europe right um, and this Stolen. made everyone rich and then it's kind of collapsed the yeah. economy oh right um, <laughs> so, so which is why it was a bubble it was actually yeah turned out to be kind of a miserable thing apparently getting all the all the money in the world and shipping it somewhere is not actually the mm. best thing in the world for your economy mm-hmm. um, and you know, like there were other events various sort of like um, the the um, Dutch East India Company and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So, so getting that element back into the game is really cool, and we get to do that. They became, became stretch goals in the game, um, and they're sort of each represented by a card, which has got its rules, and some of them have got like components. So, if you want some awesome little wooden fortresses, oh, cool. buy the Commodore edition. Yeah. Go to Kickstarter, Endeavor Age of Sail. Nice. That's cool. Did you have to like you? It sounds like you would have had to do a lot of research on like what were these sort of major events in history around so it was a know, bit of history i was already interested in i actually have a history degree so oh wow i didn't know that so, <laughs> so like when i went to university i did history and then after that i went off to hamilton and got a postgraduate degree in defense and strategic studies um okay so <laughs> what 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 is that <laughs> Um, so strategic studies is basically um, looking at conflict and warfare and decision making and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was when you could actually do it and you weren't in the military and then um, it was sort of set up um, between a few organizations and since then I got pulled into the army and was more focused on the military side but right. when I did it it was more generally um, strategy. So, What eras did that focus on? Was it just um, so that was between the history department and the politics department at Waikato. Hmm. So they did have a history of strategy thing, but most of it was like modern international uh, relations. And yeah. it was not like events. Alexander the Great's battle strategies or anything. Like yeah, that. although you could study that if you wanted yeah. to. But there was a whole lot about yeah. the Middle East, for example. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was certainly topical at the time and still that's, is, yeah. funnily enough. Hmm. That's cool. Um, have you... Uh, been inspired by the um legacy type games i do like the legacy games and we've played them a bit in the office but um i've looked at them carefully and they're obviously a ton of work oh yeah really hard to get tested like so i'd love to make one weirdly enough i had this idea for a game like a legacy game ages ago Mm -hmm. and i outlined it to someone and they looked at me like i was crazy oh right probably was (laughs) did Um, you tell them that you rip up cards and like (laughs) <laughs> I certainly did like the idea of permanent changes yeah, yeah. for future boards, but um, obviously wasn't bold enough to do that at the yeah. time. But I think if you look at who has successfully made a legacy game, Rob Davio, who used to like construct games at Hasbro, used to be the person who organized stuff with printers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy who designed Pandemic, but he was a user experience guy at Yahoo. So those, oh. those sort of extreme focus on one, able to construct one, and two, able to actually think about how it's played and used, and they do a lot of video testing. They did a really good GDC talk about making Pandemic Legacy, yeah. and they'll actually have people record their their play, and then they'll change the Legacy game based on, like, they'll go through it and make a list of issues and put them in, like, basically in an issue tracker, mm. and then make changes in their game based on watching people play on the video. And I remember them saying they find that you, you really people soon forget about the camera and you get to see them in their native uh, element playing the cool. game yeah. and you get to see them smoking dough for whatever at home oh, while right, they're playing. Cool. So. Um, so for listeners, like, a legacy game, you know what a legacy game is? Where I, I know what Pandemic is. Oh, yeah. Do you know what le- a legacy game is? No. So it's, um, I think the first one was Risk Legacy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so it's, it's a game where you... It, it's played over, like, the Risk one is played over, I think, 15 15 games. games. And you make permanent changes cool. every game session, yeah. and so you're like making you, you you'll add stickers to the board that are permanently there, and like whole sections of this board will be like either nuked or like have some sort of disease thing, or or, or cities will be put there. And um, you're also uh, creating factions where you'll have a choice of um, like uh, like abilities mm-hmm. and 
like if the, the one you don't choose, you'll rip up the card and it's it's unusable again. And you're doing a lot of like ripping up cards and things like that. And there's events that will be triggered uh, inside sealed envelopes. Yeah. And on the envelope, it'll say what the uh, what triggers it, and then you open it up and you find out what's inside gotcha. it. It's usually a whole bunch of new rules and yeah. or or a new race or like or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, he. Didn't the, the creator of that made a game that sounds a little bit like Endeavor recently, didn't they? Oh, um, that was Seafall. Yeah. We well, you, I don't know if it's that close, but you have your ships and they go out and you get colonies and stuff, and that 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 was actually um, not as good, I thought, as some of the other legacy games that got pretty complicated and uh. mired down a bit. But, do, do you think he just went because that that was not based on anything, right? He that was so no, it wasn't based on a core game. So it was its own game as well as being the legacy game. Mm. And I think it's you know how like a show car has all the features. He just went all he out just with went it, all out. Yeah, and, and, it, and the features were awesome. Yeah, um, but I think it was a bit too ambitious and a bit too <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, how how many uh, games in that campaign was there? Oh, there was quite a lot. I think. Yeah. I think there might have been eighteen or so in the one we played. Because I think a game like that, like a game like that, is awesome. But if it starts getting too complicated, and you're like, "Oh man, I've got like you know, eight more games of this until we actually reach the end," and the games are starting to take ages, like they started to do when we were playing Risk Legacy. Yeah. Like at the start, it was we had twenty minutes. Yeah, 20 yeah. Minutes and then it cool. turned into three hours towards the end because, well, maybe two hours, but still, like, it was starting to drag on, and it was like, "Oh my god, this is." This is taking ages. Yeah. Pandemic Legacy was cool, though. It had a much more of a story, like a TV series kind yeah. of thing. So that worked pretty well. But we weren't talking about that. We were talking about Endeavor. You should go back mm-hmm. Endeavor yep. on Kickstarter. Yep. I remember asking you yesterday. We were talking about some of this um, at lunch. And uh, I asked you if all this Endeavor stuff that you've been working on recently has, has motivated you to get back in there and design and maybe pub- publish Newer board games with your buddy? So it'd be cool to work with Jared again, although it's very difficult when he's in Wellington, I'm in Auckland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always kind of got game ideas pottering along, but um, in practice, part of XL takes a fair bit of effort. Mm. I also kind of, video games have some advantages. Um, like with a, with a board game, you've got to have your design really set and then it goes printed and gets shipped out and you can't do like a last minute patch. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't do a day one patch to a board no, game. <laughs> no, you've got to be actually you're pretty right. Yeah. So, so I think video games have some advantages. So I'd I'd be keen to just do a, like a little, like game maker style game. Yep. As well, but yeah, I'd also be keen for a board game as well. Do you um, go to are there board game meetups in town? Yeah. So there's um the game artisans. So there's a few board game groups that meet together and play. There's also a group called the Game Artisans of New Zealand. Okay. Um, which have got a Facebook group and you can find out how to join. If you go Game Artisans of New Zealand into Facebook, you can find them. And that's for people who make games. Oh, cool. And there's actually quite a few board game makers in New Zealand, like a whole lot of amateur ones, but there's also yep. a few professionals. Like they say, there's Shem down in Wellington who's had a whole lot of Kickstarters all of his own. Oh, cool. So I think his brother's done a lot of the art and some other people have done the yeah. art and they're... Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of one of the successful ones. Explorers of the North Sea was a big okay. one. Mm. Um, and then there's a few people in Auckland who also make games. Um, so if you're into making games, they're good for their prototyping meetups in Auckland and in Wellington. That's cool. Yeah. So check out that Kickstarter. We'll put it on the on the Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, we'll put a link to it. Yeah. Um, do we want to wrap it up? Yeah, how, how um, we... if you've got some final words about about this Kickstarter. You got a new stretch goal to <laughs> Oh, so there's the wooden tokens. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about the next one, but there's oh. a really cool one coming. Oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Keep an eye on the Kickstarter. Yeah, so they only show a couple at a time, mm. which I think is one to keep the interest up and two to have a bit more control because you don't know quite how many people you're going to have. Yeah. Mm. How many more well, days left? I think it's like 13 or 14 days to go. Like okay. it's actually quite a long doesn't sound like long. You sort of say 30 days. That'll give people enough time to find yeah. it. But when you're in the middle of it, it's like, oh, it's been going on for so long. <laughs> and it's got so long to go. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, so I guess that's it for the 
for this episode. Yeah, thank Carl. Thanks for dropping by. Telling no me. problem. Yeah, thank thanks. You. Um, you can, if you've got any questions, you can email us at uh, frontseatquestions at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at frontseatcast. Uh, our Facebook is frontseat is uh, facebook.com slash frontseatcast. And our WordPress is frontseatgamer.wordpress.com. And we're on YouTube, just YouTube slash frontseatcast. Um, Rate us on iTunes. <laughs> that would be really cool. I haven't even checked to see if we've had new ratings or not. Like, um, your buddy Andy is the oh, only, yeah. was the only person yeah. that rated us on there. I, I wanna I wanna plug another thing. Carl, do you have a you're on you're on Twitter, right? I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. For for those who want to follow Carl. Oh yes. How, yeah. how would you go about so doing that? At Carl Dev, which is Q A R L D E V. Of course. <laughs> we'll ch- we'll chuck that up on. Facebook as well, and our own Twitter as yeah. well. Blake, yeah, you're you're on it. Like we haven't given out personal Twitter accounts, yet, no. But for if anyone wanted to follow us, uh, are you? Although people have found me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you had one, Sav. I I do, and I don't use it. Sav started one, and like a few <laughs> years ago, and then I followed him, and then he deleted it. <laughs> Wait, I think I still got it. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you. Okay. I'm I'm looking for a he reason. He just muted you. Yeah, I think <laughs> <laughs> blocked. I think he blocked, blocked this guy. I, I think I'm still there. And if people follow me, then it will give me a reason to. So, so yeah, what is yeah. your Twitter? But I'm typically not big into social media. What's the address? I, I think it's like at Severn. At Severn. S-A-V-U-E-U-N. Yeah, E-U-N. It's something along those lines. S-A-V-E-U-N. I think I've got like a changed avatar. So you should know whether or not you've got me or some other person. But also I... Don't, I haven't used it in such a long time that it might not even be at Svern. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty it, sure it, it was at Svern. It's been so long. I, th- I yeah. think it's at Svern. Did you, you didn't e- even use it for Turret Town? No. no. Oh, man. Uh, Turret Town is one of those things that I, I launched. It wasn't well received, and I was just like, all right, I'm burning bridges. I'm, I'm going to move <laughs> no, on to that's, the next thing. No, but that's like 90% of mobile games is like you you launch it, mm. and it's like, you know, it it doesn't do as well as Angry Birds, so you go, ah, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that happened, and I I didn't feel like it was I needed to invest more time in in tweeting it down to my three followers oh, on man. Twitter or whatever. You gotta get those numbers up, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I never really cared. For, well, Twitter Twitter's not big here in in New Zealand. I found. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I used to like. When I first joined Twitter, it was like a new thing and it was like, this is great and this is cool. And now it's just news from America about people being angry at about politics and it just bums me out. Yeah. Um, dude, is is the Australasian podcasting network still still a thing? Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> you can you can check them out on Twitter at hashtag AGPN and their Facebook uh group is uh Facebook.com slash groups, uh, AGPN network. And uh, there's a whole bunch of Australasian gaming podcasts on there. Um, so thanks again, Carl, for coming in and chatting with us. And thanks to Vern. For <laughs> Blake, you're, you're, you're a pro, man. You, yeah. You've done it, yeah. Oh, man, I hate hosting. I I swore I'd never host again, but well, somehow and now you've it's done happened it again. Yeah, so no, I've ruined practiced. I've ruined people again for listening to me hosting. <laughs> Good, you can All only right. get better. You know, hope so. All right, thanks. All right, so that's it. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Um, Nick will probably be away again, and we'll we'll have a new another guest. Um, so see us. Bye. Absolutely hate it. Oh man! Oh, wait, like, like this is the movie. The movie is broken. <laughs> I, I, and I managed to ruin it for Jake D. He said, "Well, why didn't you like it?" And I told him. I broke down the reason, and he went, "I just noticed that. I think I hate it too." <laughs> Was it?
Uh, okay, what was the reason? It's not to do with the time travel weirdness. Yeah. Okay. Is it to do with like something about in the future they can't kill people but without like being Yeah, so the two important like things in this movie that happen that drive every bit of plot yeah. and every bit of emotional response are one, in the future you can't keep kill people. Yeah. And two in the future, they killed his wife. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was. And, and these was. two things are absolutely contradictory. Yeah. But they they say about how they killed his wife, so sort of like they just sort of brush over it. They brushed over, it. but also in the future where you can't kill people, he's an assassin. Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> an assassin. That's right. They show up to his house that's with right. guns yeah, yeah. when you can't kill people. Kill his wife and. Yeah. Get rid of the body. If you can just get rid of the body, then why do you send people into the yeah, past? That's ridiculous. Well, why don't they kill people and then send them into the past? But yeah, so why the, do they have to send them to the past alive? So the movie is like it's, it's just bollocks. Because because the time travel is just basically like a garbage dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's not how they pitch it. It's like <laughs> as soon as you kill someone in the future, you get found out. Which I was willing to buy yeah. into. That's a that's an idea that forensic science has advanced so yeah, much yeah. you literally can't kill people. Except... Except when you can. Except when you can. <laughs> which is apparently all the time. Well, it happened in China. It didn't, he moved to China, so maybe things are different. Oh. Well, then, <laughs> then you don't bother with the sending people to the past. You send them to China. <laughs> you invent teleportation instead of time travel. There's just a village the in China with broken. all these American bodies playing. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, admittedly, I don't get upset about the latest Star Wars where I've heard people rail against the fact that they broke physics and all of Star Wars with that. How did they break physics? So, you know how there's the bit where the, the, the ship goes to light speed yeah. and punches through the other ship? Yeah. Well, why don't they do, always do that? Yeah, I know. Why does the that. Death Star exist if yeah. you can just light speed through things? You just do that with all your ships, blow up all the planets you want. Yeah. I know that's a yeah. And why did they do it with that ship? They could have done it with any of the ships yeah, that were they about had so to many die. Ships that were falling, they could have just turned around. And yeah, yeah. Them. Why has this yeah, not come up in the rest of any of the movies? Yeah. But the thing is, it looked cool. So yeah, <laughs> this went cool, oh, and, it, but, cool and it doesn't worry me at all. Yeah, yeah. But when someone broke this down, I was like, oh yeah, I can see you've been upset by that. Yeah, yeah. You like your worlds to be consistent. Yeah, yeah. But I'd never bought into Star Wars as a consistent thing at all. It's not like really. space think... wizards. Yeah, I know that's a thing. Like, there's space as wizards. As soon as like, there's space wizards, I'm on it. I'm not judging it by sci-fi I've, logic. I also heard people complaining about you know how uh, Luke Skywalker does that force projection thing, and people being like, he could. There, there was never that was never established before that anyone could do that. I'm like, I'm just space wizards. It's space wizards. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? All the time like, they get to do a new cool yeah, thing you've never seen before. Like force. Like okay, so people can come back as ghosts. But people can't project their like. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why? Why? Why not? If, if why are you drawing the line on this? He's, like, now he's become an elder master. His, yeah. His master did it after yeah. he was dead. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think people just get angry at things for fun. But yeah, I I can understand the ship going to light speed, yeah. blowing up the other ship, upsetting yeah. people. But it didn't worry me they because, wasn't, because space wizards. Yeah. The the ship blowing up the other ship. There wasn't enough like conditions around it. Like if that happened, you have to. They should have been like, I don't know, there's some... Yeah, they should have had to, oh my gosh, we have to that. override the engine and yeah, blah, 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 to, blah. Yeah. But it was just like, no, punch through. Yeah, yeah. Boom. It's like, well... Just do that all the time. Yeah. Blow yeah. up planets. Yeah. Don't need a dead star. Yeah. Maybe it's a, an economic decision. Maybe. But like, you need a, a light ship. Dude, yeah. they built the fucking dead star. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, it moves it around. Yeah, it moves around. It just goes from place and then to it place. Goes, it, 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 you, it's you, not you, really useful if you put it next to one planet and you blow up that planet. Yeah, and you can't like, take it. All right, that's it. But you never, you never see it like come out of like hyperspace, like do the. Yeah. It's always just like because in Rogue One, it was it suddenly appeared and you're like, oh yeah, it suddenly came out of hyperspace and it's suddenly there, but you never saw it because I think that would look stupid. Yeah. So they don't show it, which is really but, the hyperspace versus the going at light speed are different kind of ideas as well. So. Hmm. Yeah, people didn't like that movie. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed it. I I yeah I enjoyed it, but there was like I, I my problem was I got way 
I did it to myself. I got way too invested in the mystery of like who Snoke is and who's Ray's parents. Uh. And I was like, I remember the scene when they enter into Snoke's like like throne room. I was like, I can't believe that we're going to find out who this guy is. This is this is amazing. Two years, two years of speculation is finally going to find out once and for all who he is. And he just dies. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> I couldn't like I couldn't. I couldn't enjoy that fight that happened because so, I was Although too... they didn't do what they did with the prequels, which was like, here's General Grievous. Oh, yeah. And to know who he was, you had to have read the comics oh, and yeah, the books yeah. and you just... had to be onto like all the yeah. all the transmedia. All the extra stuff. You're gonna have to read the literature to Yeah, yeah, that's right. And a three hour movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone in thirty seconds. Yeah. Has this entire backstory yeah. never get explained to you. Which I think like at the time I hated that because it, it was not what I was expecting. But after the more I thought about it, I'm like, I do, I do kind of like that. That, yeah. like, I was so built up to like who this guy is, and then they're just like, don't worry about it. He's, 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 he